is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Marr, and today I am joined by two of the saltiest fans they will be once they see the Seahawks have acquired Julio Jones in the trade, Fionn Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Lads, how are you on what has been actually a quite a good week weather-wise here in Dublin? I'm obviously not as good as you thinking that you're going to land Julio Jones, <laughs> but otherwise you might, might see a little tan on my face. I'm doing quite well. Jake, don't worry about it. Remember, we're dealing with post-cliff now, so uh, there won't be anybody to throw to him that's any good, so we should be safe enough. <laughs> Wilson's okay. a goner. Wilson's going to have them ducks <laughs> flapping around. It's okay. Julio's only there to block and to chase down interceptions. That's <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> playing him at safety beside Jamal Adams. <laughs> well, you never know. He could find a new position there in his uh, in his later years of There's his career. Plenty of sure. holes to plug him into, anyway. There. <laughs> well, does he play on the line? Maybe. I'm sure he would if you pay him enough money. <laughs> put him in the sw- put him as a swing tackle or something. We'll see. But. On today's show, we are actually going to be continuing our off-season series, and we are talking about the Houston Texans. And on the show, we are delighted to be joined by Graham from the Houston Texans UK Twitter page. Graham, uh, how are you today? And thanks for taking the time to speak to us. Yeah, doing fine, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me on. A lot closer to home than we usually are. We usually have an American guest, so it's uh, refreshing to have someone from Scotland on. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, for sure. But before we do get into the Texans talk, if you are watching us on YouTube, can you please like this video and subscribe to the Under Center podcast? That's where you'll find our shows. Each and every week we upload one, um, including clips from each show too, if you don't have time to watch the full show. Alternatively, if you prefer the audio side, you can uh, listen to us anywhere you get podcasts. Just search the exact same thing, Under Center podcast. That's where you'll find us. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll get the show whenever we uh, upload new shows there too. While you're at it, go to our socials t- as well. Facebook.com forward slash pod, Twitter and Instagram are both the same at pod too. So that's where you'll find us. Give us a, a follow there too because we are on the quest for a thousand before week one. So we're doing quite good. I think we're only like 250 away. So, you know. We should be. We should get there. We should get there. But let's get into some uh, Texans talk and and how their off season has gone. Which, Graham, to be honest, has been interesting to say the least. But I want to start with uh, something more recently, and that's the schedule release that we saw just a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be a tough season for the Texans anyway this year, but now it's compounded by the fact that you're going to be facing the NFC West and the AFC East teams uh, in your schedule this coming season, of course, as well as facing your division rivals twice. Four of the last eight games as well in your schedule are going to be against division rivals, so you will have some sort of say in who will take the division. But what did you make of the schedule in general? Um, I thought the schedule was a lot kinder than it was last season certainly um it couldn't have been any more horrible than the opening four or five weeks of last season um i would have fancied our chances better having this schedule last year as opposed to even this schedule this year with 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 the amount of roster changes we've had and like we're having a new coach and everything and so it's, it's going to be a tough one for us it's, it's i think it's going to be a battle all season trying to eke out wins here, there and everywhere. Um, you know, you're always looking to get division wins because they can be instrumental. As you know, you don't even have to win your division outright to get into the playoffs if you 
if you're in a certain is it NFC East division, you know, you don't have to have a winning record over there. Why does everybody <laughs> seem like it's okay to the rag most on competitive football in the league? Sorry. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's going to be tough for us. There's no denying that. Um, but there, there's a few good games in there. I think even if the Texans aren't playing as well as some folk are going to predict they're going to play, I think there's still a few good games in there. For, for even the neutral. So let's just hope that they can put on some good some good football out there. Graham, I've been asking some of our guests most recently now that the schedule has come out. Uh, it might be difficult for you at this point of the season, given it's going to be, even with the roster that's there, it might be interesting to pick who's the starting lineup is going to be. But can you give me one team on the schedule that you can guarantee me now you're going to beat? Can you put down Jags a, twice. a mark? Jags, Jags twice. twice. Funny how many people are saying the Jags this season. Nobody seems to give Al Lawrence much of a chance. Well, I don't think Lawrence is a problem. It's just the Jags, isn't it? You know. Yeah. I think there's more more about like a bragging rights thing there. If, if if we don't get at least one win against them, that puts you at the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think we will be bottom of the pile, but not because of that. You know, it'll be a different route to the bottom of the pile for us this year. So looking into your schedule, can you give me like like maybe a little prediction of how many games you're going to win in this 17-game season? Because I marked these down earlier on today. And let me tell you, Graham, it was not pretty for the Texans. Let me put it that way. Uh, yeah, no, when, it, when you look through the schedule and you see the teams, you know, I'm fancying like a week 14 win at home against the Seahawks. Sorry, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I think I think... Dreamland, I think we could maybe get to six wins. Absolutely, if everything aligns for us, how how we're hoping it will, you know. Um, all we have to do is keep adding more depth at running back um, <laughs> to, to get there. And, you know, I think there's enough space on the team for another 15 linebackers with all the <laughs> linebackers we've been signing in the offseason. But, yeah, I think six is the dream. Um, but reality is, I know a lot of people, our pundits have got us down for having the perfect season on the reverse side of things. <laughs> but no, I, I, I can see us getting one or two. Um, uh, Graham, I marked these all out. I don't have you having a win until week 12, where you win against the Jets. Then what? you go another two games um, with losses against the Colts and the Seahawks, and then you win against the Jags in Week 15. So, so, so you're having us win away in in the Doomsville, Jacksonville, but we can't win Week One opener at home. When, the, when I just think, I just think with Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be like it is an uncounted yeah. for. You don't know what you're getting in Trevor Lawrence. Week week. Yeah. Uh, 15, you might know a bit more. You have 15 more games than, like, I mean, the preseason isn't exactly teams. anything. So that's what I'm saying. Um, it's not obviously what you're hoping for, but maybe the number one overall pick, but which you don't own. Do you next yeah. year? Well, it could, it, yeah. You know, you, you can always be surprised by who has a worse season than you. You know, that's I think that's been the case for a few teams over the years, you know, like, you have somebody pegged out as being, yeah, they're they're going to be absolute hot garbage this season. But yet they manage to eke out those wins, and you get an absolute underdog that mm-hmm. takes the bottom title. So I'm hoping it's not us, but 
hey, you've got to be pessimistic in these things. <laughs> now, Graham, you mentioned the uh, the the running back core there earlier. Um, what is the plan here? <laughs> what are you going to go wishbone offense again, like where you have three running backs in the backfield? Because they're all pretty talented running backs as well. Yeah, I know. I think the competition is going to be fierce um, before the cuts. You know, every I think probably three, four of those names could be the number one back at certain teams. Even even after their injury issues and their their down season issues, I, I think you know you could see one of those backs, the, the number one back. So I think if we can pick a powerful one-two combo, we'll be okay in that respect. But the the, the thing for us is going to be wide receiver. Who who's going to be the main guy now? I think it will be Brandon Cooks personally, um, with 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 um, Will Fuller going on to Miami. You know, that I I I would have liked him to stay. You know, maybe got him nailed down on a cheaper deal after what happened with the Peds and everything. But it, he he went away, and of course we we gave Hopkins away for peanuts. Yeah, horrible. You know, it's a couple pre- of years pretty- ago, so. Yeah, pretty yeah. rough trade in that one because my, my friend is a Cardinals fan and he just texts saying, what was that deal? Like, he was just so unbelievable. Like, what actually happened in that deal? It's pretty sad looking at that in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, I just got it framed as well and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always goes, Graham. You should have known as soon as you sent it off. Yeah, I'm a, Don't I'm frame like anything. Graveyard. Yeah, I should be called the graveyard because, you know... He's up there. So to, you know, he's up there turning this into an Arizona den. You know, the trash that's going on in here that's Arizona. But yeah, there's a win for you. We'll take Arizona. That would be that would be so poetic. <laughs> we wouldn't say justice, but you no. it, you could definitely see it happen if that would ha- if you were to to be Arizona. Now I wouldn't complain too much about it because seemingly <laughs> you're going to be us dead in uh, week sixteen, which is uh, coming out of nowhere. But run um, the west. They're going to run the west. They're going to run the west. Yeah. <laughs> I think Stranger things have happened. Who knows? Next year we might be sitting here having a conversation about the Texans winning the Super Bowl. Oh man! (laughs) Willis Willis turns into a proper Herbert and just (laughs) destroys the league. (laughs) But actually, now that you've mentioned that that position, because let's talk a bit about quarterbacks, because it's it's kind of well established at this stage whether it's through trade or other means that Deshaun Watson probably won't be taking a snap for the Texans uh, this coming year. Yeah. Signed a few quarterbacks in the offseason, notably Tyrod Taylor and Jeff Driscoll. You've also um, uh, drafted Dave, Mills. Davis Mills, Mills from, yeah. from Stanford in the third round of the quarterback. Uh, Third round of the draft from, Stan- uh, from Stanford, like I said. Who are you expecting to be QB1 on week one? Taylor. 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 So it's unfortunate for Taylor because we know what's going to happen then. He's going to be two or three games in. Something's going to happen. It's going to be Mills then starting. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> like, Taylor. you know, with you know, that comedy cane that comes in on stage and just whips people <laughs> off his neck. <laughs> <laughs> just and Taylor's it, neck. I think, I think barring any injuries, which he seems to not be able to stay away from, that's not a bad option. There's certainly worse options playing a quarterback at the moment. If 
if he can't stick around, how do you think he's going to fare? I think given the running backs as well, like you said, it it might be a large room, but it's it's definitely got some talent in it as well. Do you think maybe offensive-wise that they're going to cause at least some problems to the teams? I think they will. Um, I think they're probably loaded up with some bigger bigger, or better known named running backs just to help him you know, mm-hmm. transition to another team, to another scheme. But it's all going to be new. You know, with Cully coming in, everything's new. It's not like it was the, the, the Bill O'Brien era. And I know a lot of people hate on Bill O'Brien. Like, yeah, by the time it all finished, like I was over it. But he brought a lot of success to the team. But he just couldn't get over the last hurdle. So with everything, clean slate, you know, anyone's got a chance to do well in this team with this coaching staff. You know, there's so much uh, changes in coaching. Uh, you know, GM, everything, everything's different. So with Tyrod coming in, I think Tyrod, if he can stay healthy, he can he can uh, use these seasoned backs to his advantage. I, I, I can see them causing problems. You know, they might they might just dumb down the whole thing and just make it really simple. You know, they could play Titans-style football. You know, that 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 simple, you know, just hand it to the back. You know, that's all yeah. they seem to do. Yeah, yeah um, definitely like with, with someone like Mark Ingram, who probably not as big as Derrick Henry, but can definitely can pound for pound has yeah, this, can, uh, yeah, similar strengths to him. Yeah. Yeah, he can run the rock. You know, so I, and that guy, if you're not telling me he's not juicing everyone in the backfield, you know, with, with his trash talking in his mouth, you know, that'll yeah. get guys pumped that'll, that'll give guys another level so yeah I'm excited to see how they, how they tackle things so it'll be good yeah and with, with Ingram as well he's pretty much had a year off as well because he didn't play a lot in, in last season with, with the Ravens so for someone especially at his age and the position that he has it's it's a year to sort of let his body recover and I'm sure he'll have sort of a, a few uh, grudges to uh, to get over oh, yeah. as well Um. And then with with the signing of Philip Lindsay as well, which was very interesting because he he was someone that complained during his time at Denver that he was given the ball to go up the middle too much. That he is more of these outside running car, uh, uh, running backs. So it's definitely the speed of him and and of, would be something that uh, can definitely help the Texans in games. Yeah, I think so. Um, his numbers tailed off in Denver, and I think that was maybe because of the dislike and. Of how he was being utilized, so to be told, I, I'm only assuming here that he's getting told in Houston that like if if you're the guy on, we're going to run it the way you like to run it, and and that gives guys a bounce, that gives guys an extra step, you know. So who knows? I, I'm I'm honestly interested to see how this playbook is going to go, you know. Um, after seeing the same kind of stuff for six seven years, for it to be all new. And, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of Texans fans out there hating on everything and, and all that. It's like, let's just get over it and mm-hmm. just like enjoy the team for what it is. And the, 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 good, the good years will come back. Graham, you, you talked a little bit about there, everything being brand new. We also talked about, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that you expect it to be as it tends to be with new running back teams and new system teams to rely on the running backs a little bit and help the quarterback get in rhythm. I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about the new head coach Cooley. What are you excited about? What do you know of him and and how do you expect him to try and change the culture there in the Texans? Well, I think 
wherever he's been, he's been really well respected, and I know that gets thrown about the league quite a lot with um, with personnel. But I really do believe that, and I think Mark Ingram has vouched deeply for that in his early pressers when he was first brought over to the Texans. You know, I don't think he was just brought in as a well, I actually think he was brought in as like um, a method of keeping Deshaun Watson maybe in Houston because I think the two of them are quite quite friendly, uh, so I believe. Um, but I think it was also maybe Cully respected what he could do as a player and he was like one of the guys that Cully wanted in because he knew he's a good locker room guy. He's also got a good work ethic. And as you touched on earlier, Dara, he can pound the rock. So what else do you want behind your your uh, interim QB or whatever, you know, it's not it's not the, the first choice guy, but it's the guy who's going to start. So, yeah, so I think Cully could bring a lot. Um, he just he just comes in every presser I've watched. He obviously ticks the boxes and checks the X's and everything. But you know, I I'm willing to give him a chance. A lot of people have have, have like kind of written him down a bit, but. Hell, I want to see what his record's going to be after a bad season. So, and how 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 they bounce back from that. So let's just get on and get going with it. You know. Yeah, and and since that he since he did come from the Ravens as well, and it makes sense why he has more. Uh, why he's loaded up the running back position with the Ravens sort of style of offense that they run at the yeah. moment. And now, obviously, the Tyrod is pro- is nowhere near comparable to to Lamar and his running style. But you get more running backs there. You, you know, like how Ingram and Gus Edwards were, were and even um, uh, what's the the other running back's name there in in Dobbins. Baltimore? Yeah. Dobbins. Dobbins, that's it. Yeah, so then you have that three three prong attack now in Houston as well with Lindsey uh, Ingram and whether it be Johnson or uh, I believe that they signed Rex Burkhead, uh, Rex Burkhead yeah. there just the last couple of days as well. But yeah, so it will be interesting to see. Like, obviously, first time head coach David Cully and you know new GM as well, Nick Casario too. And they 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 put up a, a definitely a strong front, and they've they've tried their best to to make a team this off season. I think over 30 players signed in free agency alone, you know, by far, obviously the Patriots got all the attention for all their moves they made in week one, but the Texans have done a lot of work to sort of make a, a team, a, a, at least a competing team for this coming season. Yeah. They've, they've signed up a lot of people in, I think areas that they found were maybe lacking from last season, you know, they're, they're wanting competition in OTAs and in training camp and everything, and that's really what's the big factor here. Nick's driving for competition, and he's going to find, you know, he's looking for maybe diamonds in the rough with some of these guys, you know. There, there's a broad scheme of how the experience and everyone he's been bringing in, you know, it's not just like uh, like free agents uh, from the draft or whatever. It's, it's guys who are have seen a bit of, of playtime. And I, I think I've seen a quote from one one of the linebackers saying that they're learning all three linebacking positions. You know, that's the kind of drive. They're wanting these guys interchangeable at any of the linebacker positions. You know, it's not just a case of you've got an outside linebacker or inside linebacker. You, you know, they're wanting them to be able to do everything. I think they've even moved um, Greenard up in a defensive line. You know, so they're, they're shifting guys about from their positions as well. So that all stems from having a fresh canvas, 
fresh coaching ideas. You know, they're not they're not pinholing anyone and pigeonholing people mm-hmm. into one or particular role. So yeah, it should be good. I think actually the Texans were trying to beat was it Carl's record for the number of people he signed. Does he not like when he went to the Seahawks? He had like three hundred transactions in the first week or something. Was he not going yeah. bananas? Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think, and it was, and it wasn't working until he drafted someone in the third round called Russell Quar- Russell Wilson, Russell so. quarterback. Yes, Russell sir. quarterback. <laughs> he could change his name to that. Yeah, Graham, you have a long list to pick from. Who is your favorite signing? Uh, who who were who were you most excited to see them get? I, you know what. We've already spoken about it, but I genuinely can't wait to see what Mark Ingram does in that lineup. You know, I just like, mm-hmm. n- like just throughout the whole team, just what he brings, the energy he brings into the building. Because I'm assuming that guy just does not turn off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the kind of guys I'm. I know he's an older guy and that, but you need you need these kind of personalities mm-hmm. in the locker room because you've just lost big. Big locker room guys, you know. Yeah. I think I think Hop this two seasons ago he had a huge locker room presence. JJ Watts obviously got a huge city presence. So you're needing people to come in and, and fill that up. So yeah, I I think you're dead right as well. And I think another thing that he brings is you get that two for one right. He becomes that very experienced glue in the locker room, as you said, and that. Hype also translates onto the field. He's one of these, I don't care how bad the season's gone, we're going to drag ourselves to the finish line and we're going to keep going, which might be very important in a long, literally a long season this season for some of these guys on on the new team. And especially given, obviously... Mills, the quarterback that got drafted, he's going to be brand new rookie. Uh, I don't remember the other guy that they brought in, Jeff Driscoll, was it? He's kind of a career... I think Ryan was it fin- Finchley? Finley. 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 Yeah, he, he so got, they're like he got cut. Yeah, they're going to be after the time, Jeff. Most likely a backup role, and then as you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor, who's not known as a big rah rah guy in the in the huddle. So I think you're dead right. I think Mark Ingram might be a linchpin of this team for this season, definitely. Yeah, I put I 100 agree. Yeah, yeah, sort of reminds me of that, you know. Um... He reminds me of like a Brandon Graham type for the Eagles. You know, he, he's full of talk on the pitch. You know, he tries to get into opponents' heads and, you know, it works, you know. Anytime you hear Brandon Graham's going to be on a mic'd up episode, <laughs> during, you're always Don't looking it forward on. to it. You're always looking forward to it. And then it's the same with Mark Ingram. When he was on mic'd up, yeah. you're always looking forward to it. He's one of those that will always talk and he'll always either try and encourage his team or he'll try to get into the heads of the opposition. Yeah. Dara, I've been trying to get you mic'd up on the pitch for years now. <laughs> no, no, there's too, too much beeping going on upstairs. On, on way, way too <laughs> much cursing. F is F that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way too much cursing. Well, to be fair, now, Fionn, I think you'd be kind of all right at it too, but you'd be kind of just inspirational quotes too many times, you know? That's, it's like you've been, a, 
we don't, been on we, don't play, we don't play training bingo for nothing with Fionn because he <laughs> no. says the same things, probably six or seven different things, three hours every Lads, Sunday. You guys have the attention span of a goldfish. If you don't repeat everything every time, everyone forgets what they're doing and walks and away. Even, even when you do repeat it, everybody forgets and walks away anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but look, Ray, let's, let's uh, before we let you go, let's um, try and, and have a look towards this season. Like we sort of, gave ideas of how many wins you're hoping for next next year but in a broader sense what are you hoping for in terms of are you just looking to see sort of steady progression throughout the year are you just hoping that you don't get smacked in every game like what are the sort of hopes leading into the 2021 season uh i'm actually hoping that the product that they can put on the field is the kind of product that brings the fan base back together because like a lot of people don't see it from the outside, but I, being on the social medias, the fan base has been pretty broken since um, I would say the the wheels come off in the Chiefs game. You know, a couple of years ago in the playoffs. So the, there's there's a lot of like distrust with top management. You know, there's I don't know if you've heard of the name Jack Easterby. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask yeah. about Jack Easterby. Yeah. Uh, Law issue with him. Personally, I don't like him. I don't want him there. I don't know how he can be in the position he is, but he seems to have a lot of power. Um, you know, I'm sure if if Carl woke up one day and realised that this guy is maybe an issue with the fans, um, we need to move on from him. Um, he, he, Fionn, he could do what you do. He leaves inspirational cards around the locker room for people, you know, <laughs> reported in Sports Illustrated that he had certain players followed home to make sure they were sticking to their curfews and stuff. And, you know, yeah, honestly, the Sports Illustrated um, piece on him is, is some read. Yeah, I read the, the, the SIM uh, page or article about uh, Jackie's view. I just thought it was crazy. He kind of He kind of came from nothing, right? Like, he just talked himself up to the owner of the Texans, I think, and then just worked away up with, like, little to nothing. He, apparently, yeah. he's like a, a southern gentleman type, you know, whisper in the ear and gets, like, uh, yeah. the ownership on the side. And then all of a sudden, he's got all this power. And, and yeah, we call him he? Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, obviously... He's like Deshaun. So, Deshaun hates him, doesn't he? Like he just yeah, I think detests he was him. Putting on a brave face with him through the Bill O'Brien years, and yeah. then uh, I think after all that went off, and then this this off season, it just come ahead. He wanted out, and all of a sudden, whether he did or did not, you know, do all these misuse issues. Um, I think there's probably Jacks in the background there tampering with some of this. You know, yeah, you don't that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what he comes across of in them articles and everything, all the stories about him. I don't know if anybody hasn't read about Jackie's to be, I would definitely recommend go read that SI article about him. Oh, yeah, completely. Uh, it'll give you an insight into why the, the fan base is so fractured. The amount of people I know who are giving back season tickets, you know, that have had season tickets for years with the wow. text that are giving them back this year just due to the fact that they have no faith in upper management because of these guys, you know. He was even like, uh, when Nick got the job as GM, support, you know, we, we hired in this like big um, company to oversee it and it had like Tony Dungy and 
all these guys in it, you know, to pick the best guy, but they still just went with Nick. And um, Jack was one of the guys who met him from the airport, you know, because that was Jack's guy. Mm-hmm. And and we that's how we got caught with the tampering charges with Nick. You know, remember that with the Patriots lifting yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. on us. Well, that was at, I think that was their ring ceremony. Jack was trying to noise him up at that to come and be the Texans GM, and it's like that, that's how snaky he is. So mm-hmm. we just need to get him out. Just, I'd, if they can do that, and and but they can put a product on the field under Cully that brings us hope that we're building something else here. We're building something better. Just just give it a couple of seasons and and we'll have that that playoff run product. I guess that'll, if that'll you to to your point just there, Graham, I guess if you guys find maybe like total eleven guys on that roster that you can kind of keep around for two, three years and they don't have to be the super talented guys, but those like core guys that are gonna be around that gives you stability. I guess yeah. that's a very successful season for the Texans. Yeah, I, I would yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, you need those guys to be there for a couple of years and you build you build a nucleus, don't you? You build around that. So yeah, if we can find those guys, you know, I think we've already got a couple of pieces. Um our our I believe our offensive line is on the uptick. You know, I think it's generally gotten better talent. Um, we just need to play some of that good talent all the time instead of swapping them in and out, you know, like some Mark Sharpen and that. I would, I would have Mark Sharpen in there for almost every snap. You know, I think the guy's legit. But um, under under the old regime, he maybe wasn't seen that way. So let's see how it goes. And defensively, if we can put on a decent product there, like we were absolutely horse last year on defense. Um, I think we can all agree on that. So let's see what Lovey Smith can do. I know the guy's seasoned and he's put out some good defenses in the past. So let's see what he can do with our one. Great. Just circling back to the quarterback, we won't get into the whole the allegations or whatever at the minute. But uh, post June first, obviously there's a a, a new um, the way the the salary works makes it a lot easier to trade to Sean Watson. Do you think there is a possibility of this happening? Um. Yeah. I. I as time goes past, I think it's more and more likely, you know, that it will happen. It's just a matter of who's willing to give up what. And I think all these allegations may hurt his trade value long term. You know, we might have been better pulling the trigger when it first got brought up because people were willing to give us everything to get D4. But now I, I haven't heard as much noise from, from around the league. But I don't know whether that's because everyone's focusing in house after the drafts. You know, they're they're looking at building the, like what they are wanting to, to to put on their fields for their product. But D four, I can't see him being a Texan, like especially next season. I I think he's going to be on the commissioner's naughty list this year. There's a way he won't play this year. I think whether he mm-hmm. sits out or. He's not allowed to play because of the allegations or whatever. I don't. I can't see him playing um, for the Texans this year, and because of that, he will be away. Yeah, I think. I think he's gone. Yeah, it's interesting because we we were speaking to um, someone's from someone from the 49ers side there last week, and we mentioned that obviously the haul that they gave away to Miami pre-draft for that number three pick was similar to the package that would have been sent maybe to 
Ed Houston for Deshaun Watson. So, like you were saying, possibly if they had pulled the trigger sooner, they could have had the Hall. I think it was what was it, two first round picks and two third round picks yeah. for him, and they might have even thrown in Jimmy G with it as well. So, yeah. it is unfortunate that timing was was against them. But do you think that? Um, I know you're saying that you think he's going to be on the commissioner's exempt list now. That there, there has been some talk about you know, settlements, um, but we won't go into that too much. But if it does get settled, do you think that he could get traded um, before the commissioner steps in? Or do you think teams are just washing their hands of it now and they'll revisit it maybe uh, at the end of the of this season? Uh, that's a good question, actually. If it does, if everything gets settled and, it, and they can move on from it, teams may just sit on it to, to, to grind his value down further. You know, like why why get something now when you can wait a, a year and pick it up? Because Deshaun's not an old guy. You know, you'll have a year of being healthy. You know, we're saying that the body can recover because he's taken a lot of hits playing with the, for the Texans in a short time in the NFL. So he, he might use this as a chance to get his body right. And teams will just say, well, he's not played for a year. We now value him slightly lower than your expectations were last year. So. It's going to be tricky, and I'm glad I'm not the GM sorting all that issues out because I think that's going to be a game of chess trying to get the right picks. But I, I would have taken the two firsts and two threes and Jimmy G thrown in. You know, we could have definitely been the Patriots of the South. Definitely. <laughs> definitely, and definitely, and I think they were in position twelve. So, yeah, there was still some decent wide receivers out there at that time, or. Yeah. Um, I think it was Mika Parsons still available at at twelve as well. I think so. There was definitely some defensive reinforcements to add to your twenty-seven linebackers that you already have. You could have got Mika Parsons too, so that that could have worked. But listen, we're we're going to we're going to wrap this up here now, uh, Graham. But before we go, where can people uh, find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on or the Texans UK at Texans UK on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find personally just me, I'm at the one handle. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Um, it's just usually Texans chat. The the Texans UK Twitter page is really just a community based thing. I just I just run the page and I let people strike up their own convos. I don't have to keep people informed because I find people are pretty well informed on these sites now. You know they're they're telling me stuff. So yeah, but if you're wanting to find good Texans content come to that page and you will find people that are putting on some really good content and other podcasts just purely about uh, the Houston Texans. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, Graham, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. I really enjoyed it. We hope maybe we'll uh, get the chance to speak to you again, if not before the season at some point during it. Yeah. After the Texans roll all over the Seahawks. Oh, honestly. <laughs> and my my hot oh, take be... of Russell the Cliff Wilson has been born <laughs> true after 14 weeks of less than 100 passing yards. Tyrod the Terminator Taylor will 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 do a number on you in NRG, and I'll be Ingram uh i i love that we record this stuff so i can revisit it then yeah. uh, after <laughs> just when uh and also when jake is right about the 30 for 30 that uh it's tragic is gonna go through <laughs> now. you know what tara next you know year. what tara 
Even if he is, I'll just drown my sorrows in the two pitchers of beer he's going to have to buy me. He already owes me one, so at worst, I break even. Oh, yeah, I do owe you a draft, yes. But the Washington football team will be swept by the Giants. That's impossible. Mark, Our quarterback Mark is better than your quarterback. That's physically no. What well, he has a yeah. better beard. I'll give you that, but he's certainly not a better quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. I saw some of those OTA videos from Washington, and he's running around like he's uh, he's a running back now. So <laughs> you never know. We could see like a, a an older version of Lamar next season. You know, MVP for Fitzmagic next year, or you know. <laughs> Fitz tragic throws 30 for 30 gets his own ESPN <laughs> special. We'll find out soon. But look, that's all the time we have for on this episode of the Under Center Podcast. If you haven't already, please like this video and subscribe to the Under Center Podcast on YouTube. If you prefer listening to the audio version of the shows, you can just uh, follow us the exact same way. Just go to wherever you get your podcast. Just search Under Center Podcast. You'll find us there and you'll find all of our episodes too that you can listen to as well. Our social pages, like I mentioned earlier, facebook.com forward slash undercenterpod, Instagram and Twitter at both the same at undercenterpod. But uh, we will be back again soon with another episode looking at some of the uh, last teams that we have. We haven't got much left. I think there's only about eight or nine teams left before we uh, finish up our off season series. But uh, stay tuned for them. Until then, stay safe and we'll speak to you soon.